Games rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we take to the skies with The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD and talk about our time with the game. My name is Chris, and this episode, I'm joined by Ethan from Nintendo Treehouse. Hi, Ethan. Hello. And Joe from the social media team at Nintendo of America. Hi, Joe. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Great. Glad to have you guys back. And I'm really excited to talk to you about our main topic this month, which is The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. And this game launches tomorrow on July 16th, so the wait is almost over. And uh, we've all had a chance actually to spend some time with the game already, and uh, I've been having a blast, and I can't wait to dig into all the new improvements that have been made to this version and hear your impressions. But first, Ethan, how would you just generally describe this particular Legend of Zelda adventure to people that might not have played the original version on Wii? Yeah, well, you, you bring up a good point. Um, this is a Legend of Zelda series title that uh, was first released on the Wii in 2011. Um, so it's back um, now, um, kind of in what I would think of as, as kind of a definitive version of the game. Um, there are a number of, of small improvements uh, that you mentioned earlier. Uh, it also is, you know, in HD, which is great to see on, on you know, the TVs we have today. Um, and, and it moves at a really nice, uh, steady 60 frames a second when you're playing it, which um, I think... You know, the, the combination of HD and and the frame rate that people will see, which you really do, I think, kind of need to see for yourself. Um, and then and then you're playing the game with the motion control that it's well known for, you know, if you are playing it that way, with uh, Joy-Con controllers instead of the Wii Remote Plus and Nunchuck um, on the Wii version, which I think give you a bit more uh, sophistication with your motion control. So those things all t- kind of taken together really blew me away um, as making this really definitive uh, you know, um, experience with this game um, based on, you know, compared to what I remember, you know, uh, when it first came out. Um, and it's also interesting, I think, you know, we've had a lot of people who joined the Legend of Zelda fandom, family, whatever you want to call it, um, with uh, the launch of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in 2017, who may not have, have, have experienced this game. And so it also, from a story perspective, in my mind, is a really interesting follow-up um, to, you know, if you're going to be playing this game for the first time, Legend of Zelda Discovery Sword HD, um, after Breath of the Wild, um, it's a great follow-up to that game from a story perspective because uh, fans, uh, you know, of the game will know that this is the earliest part of the Legend of Zelda series story. Uh, we're getting a lot of kind of origin elements here. Um you know, Link and Zelda are are not the established, you know, hero in green and, you know, the princess Zelda, but instead are childhood friends who who grow up in this really interesting community, you know, called Skyloft in the Sky. So setting and story-wise, um, I think it's a great uh, dose of of all the lore building and and uh, those really fun story elements uh, that go on to to become such established features in other Legend of Zelda series titles. Yeah, so that's kind of like, I guess, my, my take from the gameplay, you know, uh, presentation side of things, as well as, as, you know, the story side and where this game fits in and in the overall, you know, lore of the series. Absolutely, and, you know, the story is probably my favorite story, actually, of all the Legend of Zelda games, mm-hmm. because, like you said, it does kind of start 
you know, at the very beginning yep. of, uh, of kind of all the lore and establishes, you know, for example, the origin of the Master Sword. Yeah. And, and there's some other great, you know, we're certainly not going to spoil any of the big secrets, mm-hmm. but um, later on in the game, you find out about some other things that, that kind of change maybe the way you might see some of the other elements that repeat yeah. In, yeah. in later Legend of Zelda games. Yeah. So, so Joe, what about you? Did you play the original Wii version of this game or are you just, uh, you know, really getting your feet wet with this version or what's your experience been? Yeah, I did. I did play the original release uh, when it came out on Nintendo Wii. Um, that's about over 10 years ago at this point. And yeah, I was in love with it the first time it came out. Um, it was, you know, an, an amazing story, like you guys said, um, you know, origin of the uh, of kind of the Zel- Legend of Zelda series timeline. Um, you know, I think that's a great point because while it is the the really the start of the the timeline, I feel like from a gameplay standpoint and from a structural standpoint, it's kind of the culmination of 3D Zelda, I would say, oh, kind yeah. of the end of that kind of traditional Zelda yeah. um, style of gameplay. Uh, and it, it does do a lot of really interesting things with the format and try to experiment in some ways. And I think that's really kind of a core tenet of The Legend of Zelda, right? Um, a lot of the games, you know, while there is kind of a structure to them, they all kind of go in different directions. They innovate in their own ways. And this one is, is no different in that sense. But um, you know, from a from a story perspective, I think that's one of the things that really struck me, and that and that's something you mentioned, Chris, with the um, kind of the the overall plot and and it being kind of your favorite. I, I would say it's definitely my favorite as well. Um, you know, the the characters are so really well defined, and they're pretty different from their their usual characterizations in the series. And um, you know, what I really like in this one is just kind of the relationship between Link and Zelda, and that really being the core motivating thing to keep driving driving you through the story. So. Um, you know, I, I really um, enjoy that part of the of the plot and and how it really just kind of carries you, carries you throughout the whole thing. And um, you know, coming from something like uh, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, where it's a little bit more of an open ended story, uh, and you kind of discover that for yourself, this is one of those ones that's kind of like a page turner. So I really appreciate that aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, uh, you touched on this. I think you both touched on this a little bit, but you know, the place where this this game falls not only in the story of The Legend of Zelda, but also kind of in the evolution of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. You know, it came, it was the last main new console title that came right before, uh, you know, all of the big changes with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And in a way, it's it's kind of the, the missing link, you know, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> in the series where you can see some of those changes that started to be introduced that would then, they would expand upon in The Legend of Zelda Breath of yeah, the Wild, like yeah. the stamina wheel and how that's tied to running and climbing, things like that. You know, the sailcloth, how you could use that to glide yep. down to, uh, to faraway areas. So it's really interesting to me from that perspective of, well, for people that maybe, like you said, Ethan, started with the series with The Legend of Zelda mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, you know, to be able to kind of see some of the origins of, of where that game came from. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think for both audiences, both people who have played a lot of 3D Legend of Zelda titles, you know, beginning with Ocarina of Time, but going all the way through, you know, Majora's Mask and, and uh, you know, Wind Waker and, and uh, Twilight Princess, um, that, you know, whether you're, you fall into that camp or whether Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was your first title, um, there's going to be a lot for you here. Um, you know, if you played, and, and, you know, most people probably played The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild most recently. And, you know, while, like Joe said, that game has wonderful kind of player-directed story moments. Like, you decide, you know, where you're going to go and, and whether you're going to jump into the main story of the game or kind of have your own adventures. Um, you know, the fact that this game 
with Legend of Zelda uh, Skyward Sword HD is a more of a directed story. I liked your term page turner, Joe. I think will be a great experience either, you know, if you have not played that type of a Legend of Zelda game in a while, or if you've never played it, if Breath of the Wild was your first title, um, you know, that it's going to be great to get in into that type of a, a Zelda story. I also loved, uh, Joe, the way you talked about from the gameplay perspective um, of this being a kind of culmination of the, you know, the development team, the Legend of Zelda development team, and their tricks and everything that they've learned making previous 3D Legend of Zelda titles. Um, and I think that one of the best examples of that is in the dungeons of this game. And that's another thing, you know, if you played Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and missed some of the dungeons you'd played in in previous games or or if it was your first title and and you know you had you definitely got a lot of different shrines and smaller doses of puzzle solving in there i think people are really going to love uh the dungeons in in the legend of zelda skyward sword hd uh, there's so much creativity on display when it comes to that formula of exploring you know a really cool themed environment finding a new useful tool then using that tool to navigate the you know the dungeon that you're in facing off against unique enemies you haven't seen before in the game and then um you know having a, an epic battle of against some you know massive boss you know enemy at the end and then getting some great updates to the story that's going to move the story forward that formula will be really refreshing, I think, and, a, and a, a really fun return for people who have experienced that before in other Legend of Zelda series games. Or it'll be, I think, really revelatory. If you haven't played a Legend of Zelda title like this before, I think it's going to blow you away. So, Yeah, and even this game, there's a lot of, you know, for, it, for its time when it first came out, um, there was a lot of experimental Mm -hmm. kind of structural changes that were done to the to the you know the flow of dungeon and then going back to the overworld and then dungeon again where this kind of blended that overworld a little bit more with you know the area before a dungeon so there was a lot more lead up to the start of a dungeon and mm -hmm. um you know just just a lot of different ways to get into the dungeon that um that were a, a lot different for um kind of the Zelda formula for the time so it's really it's been really nice to just kind of go back in and revisit that and see how they've really crafted those areas to really feel kind of uh, thematic and holistic, and it, it's it's really you know super interesting to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say there's a little bit of puzzle solving in the overworld this time too, where just navigating through the areas to get to the dungeon, you're you're finding certain routes and then kind of pushing logs down that will give you like a, a shortcut, you know, uh, later on to to get to the further areas of the of the stage faster. So um, and you know, finding ropes to swing across, tight ropes to cross. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, I think in this game there is. Um, Sometimes when you're on the overworld, it feels a little bit like you're in a dungeon, which is great for me because I think the puzzle solving is always some of the best parts of, yeah. of Zelda games. Yeah, I think, I think it's a great point that like navigating the environments of, you know, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD is a kind of a puzzle in itself. And you're constantly looking for the visual cues, you know, oh, there's a, a bit of wall that I've learned I can grab onto and climb. Or there's a rope that I know if I jump at, I'll be able to swing on that one. Or, you know, once I have the, you know, the claw shots, there's a, oh, I spotted a little target area over there that I know I can grab to. Um, and keeping your eye out for, you know, those elements in the environment um, and, you know, ways that will help you get to areas you haven't been able to access before is, is really fun. And, and it, 
it makes you as a as the player have to play the game really actively. I mean, you're you know, it's 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 really fun to just play through, but if you're someone who wants to get everything and explore every nook and cranny, it's really fun to look for all those elements in the environment that have been cleverly hidden sometimes by the developers um, that'll lead you to all all the treasure chests and and everything you can find. Definitely. And, you know, we touched on this before, and Ethan, you, you kind of mentioned a couple of the improvements, but there's been a lot of, um, you know, tweaking and refining and, uh, you know, features being added to this version of the game. And uh, you mentioned the HD resolution, uh, you know, the game and its textures are now in HD. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can play in 1080p on uh, in TV mode. And, and, you know, the game, you know, having played the game on Wii uh, way back when, it really stands out to me just how sharp and colorful this version of the game yeah. is. And then when you combine that with the 60 frames per second, like you mentioned, and it's just really smooth, the whole world just has this extra kind of, uh, you know, uh, fluidity and sharpness mm-hmm. to it that I thought was really immersive. Yeah. Yeah, I you know we had a, a trailer come out that people may have seen um, that uh, highlights some of these these improvements that you mentioned um, that you know go beyond uh, just the upgrade to HD and and the the faster frame rate. Um, but I think you know for, especially for folks who played this game uh, when it first released, uh, they'll definitely notice these things. Of course, if this is your first time through, you just kind of get the benefit of all of these improvements and won't notice the difference as much. Um, um, but we've been really happy to see um, people people's uh, response to some of these improvements that that we mentioned, like um, the character of Phi, uh, who is you know your kind of accompanying um, support character throughout the game, and and um, she uh, has all sorts of of you know tips and advice for you. And I like to think of it that in the original version of the game. She was bubbling over with with information that she just couldn't help telling you. So sometimes, you know, in the original version of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword on on the Wii, Fi just couldn't resist telling you things whether you wanted to hear them or not. And sometimes players, you know, we've heard people say, hey, I I just want to get on with my adventure. And um, in this, uh, you know, updated version of the game, um, she will basically have all that same information to tell you, but it's up to you much more um, how much you want to get out of Fi. So if you find yourself getting stuck or if you want to know more information about a particular enemy, she's got that for you. Um, she has learned to restrain herself a little bit more. <laughs> and uh, but but I love that it's it's kind of on the player now. Um, and that's one of the one of the bigger improvements I think people who played the original version will notice. But there's a lot of small little things, especially in the early hours of the game, um, when it comes to, uh, making your way through Skyloft and and going through the game's tutorials and getting to the main part of the adventure, really getting your adventure started, um, that I think people who've played the game before will find has been more streamlined. And uh, I look forward to, you know, there's too many to list here, really. And they're, they're small little changes that taken together really streamline certain elements of the game from before. Um, and I look forward to people kind of spotting all of those and, and calling them out once, once the game's been released. Yeah, e- Ethan, before you move on, I think... We need to we need to definitively settle. Is this <laughs> is it phi or fee? It is phi. It is phi. Yeah. All right. There you go. Confirmed. Yeah. It's phi. That's good for me to know because I've always said fee. So <laughs> I'm glad I got the official correction. Fee phi fo fum. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you mentioned the you know the 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 help from phi being optional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, also you can fast forward through dialogue now, which 
I, I read every word of dialogue, but it's it's great. I still use that constantly just so I can yeah. you know, read read quickly. And then, uh, you know, streamlined item information. So you're not, you know, you're getting the explanation for mm -hmm. new items that you pick up just once and not mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, skippable cutscenes, maybe in case you're dying in front of a boss a lot of times, you know. Right. Uh, and you've already seen the cutscene. And, uh, and then auto-saving the game has now, yeah. uh, in addition to being able to still have manual saves. And so all that taken together, it really does help the game just flow a lot yeah. snappier and, you know, mm -hmm. like you said, kind of at, at the pace that the player wants to set. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know that's one thing I'm noticing too, and uh, as I'm playing it now, is just the the beginning of the game moves so much faster. Yeah. There's just like the flow of it. I, I I think it's all those little changes that they've made to the intro, but that that added combined with, um, as you mentioned, the the ability to just kind of fast forward through the text, it just it makes the flow of the game so much faster. Um, and it, you know you can kind of just really flow through the you know, the, the opening hours mm -hmm. without really thinking about it. And I, I think that's the best part. It gets mm -hmm. you into the action a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say, you know, I think taken in isolation, I think a lot of those smaller changes uh, on their own, they may seem kind of small, but altogether it really feels like, uh, you know, a much smoother experience, especially when you combine that with some of the technical enhancements. Um, the game just feels really great to play. Yeah. I actually have a question for you guys. Um, so what do you think or what, you know, what is your opinion or do you remember what your first reaction to was the setting for this game? Because that's another thing we haven't really talked about that I think is really unique um, to this game is that setting of, you know, all of humanity basically lives in the sky on a series of floating islands. And what you learn as a player, and this isn't really a spoiler because it's so early in the game, um, but is that there are legends of a surface world that lies beneath this, you know, really thick cloud cover beneath the the islands that all the the humans live on, um, but nobody's ever been there, you know, no one in in living memory has been down there, and I love that setup because that's really driven home to you when you're starting out in those first couple of hours, and then the game, of course, makes you go there, you have to go down to the surface. Um, so I, I'm just curious, like, what you know, what do you guys think of the setting of the game, and do you remember what your reactions were, or whatever? How was it? You know, you both played, I think, the original. So how was it returning to that? Yeah, I think I think for me, um, you know, coming off of the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, it kind of felt like you know, sky was the next the next option, right? We did the sea already, yeah. and now we're moving over to the sky. But I think you know, when I when I finally started to play it, um, that's where the setting really clicked for me. I, I really I really connected with having Skyloft as this place, this island, floating island in the sky that, you know, just has so much personality and so much character to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then even just being able to kind of explore and just, you know, fly throughout the open skies. I think, you know, it, it was a similar feeling for me as The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, where you um, you kind of just sail out into the open sea and, and you really um, just kind of have that sense of freedom. I, I think you get that here too. Um, but I, I think the difference this time around for me with Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD is just, um, you know, discovering that surface world. It feels so mysterious. I think that's a, a really great job that the team did of really building up the anticipation mm -hmm. of not knowing what you're going to find down there, down there and um, combined with kind of like the, you know, the, the story really being around, you know, kind of the ancient history of the world and the lore. Um, it just feels really kind of mysterious. And sometimes it feels a little... Um, a little scary, I would say, mm -hmm. especially once some of the more the you know the villains start coming into play. Um, that that's something I, I really connected with of uh, 
you know, just just having a little bit of a different thematic in a Zelda game that we hadn't seen before. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, I've said this on an, a previous episode of the podcast, but to me, the Legend of Zelda series is all about kind of that 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 feeling of wonder mm-hmm. of, um, you know, that childhood kind of uh, like sense of wonder you get from exploring new places or, or you know, playing in the woods. Uh, and nothing, you know, kind of fits that better than a setting like this where you're in the sky, you know, living among the clouds mm-hmm. and you see that, you know, those great, um, you know, scenery like waterfalls falling down from higher higher kind of rock chunks in the sky down mm-hmm. into your your town. And and so it really does kind of uh, spark the imagination. And, and like you both said, creates that sense of uh, not just wonder, but mystery about, you know, what is, what yeah. does lie on the ground and, yeah. you know, why, how did that whole premise kick off or we're not even really aware of that. And so it, it, it really, uh, I think provides a great kind of spin on the usual Legend of Zelda formula. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, and, and kind of, oh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, sorry, Joe. Oh. Or was that Joe? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, like kind of working on this game, it's been interesting because it's it's had had me thinking about like what are the kind of the core tenets of The Legend of Zelda mm-hmm. as a series because the games are so different and we've been thinking about Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. and all the games that have come before it uh, and this one in particular. I, I think it's been really interesting to to really kind of strip it down to what are what are the key thematics, the key feelings that the, the series um really has at its core and you know like you said Chris I think wonder is one of them that sense of exploration I think also kind of that sense of heroism and hope um, that that is something that's really prevalent in this one and really feeling the sense of Link as a hero but then also um, you know just having um, Zelda be a really active part of the story this mm-hmm. time around and a really interesting character overall I think it, uh, it, it's it's a really interesting take on on the formula uh, mm-hmm. for the series so I really appreciated that um, the other thing I'll, I'll say is um, kind of that that aha moment that you get with, with the puzzle solving. I think that's something that you feel in every game in the series. It's yeah. always been something that's just so so key to it. And I, I feel like you get that not only with the exploration and the, with the dungeons, but also with the combat this time around yeah. too. Oh, um, for sure. It's a little bit different with, uh, with the motion controls. And even if you're playing with button controls too, I think that that holds up as well. Yeah. You know, that that's something we haven't talked too much about yet. But yeah, that was one of probably the defining characteristic <laughs> of the original version of this game on Wii was um, the unique sword controls. Uh, the fact that using the Wii remote controller back in the day, you could, you know, kind of mimic in, you know, in the air, the actual sword slashes, not just, mm-hmm. not just to swing the sword, but to swing it in the exact direction, you know, up to down, down to up, diagonally, yeah. horizontally. And, and I really love how the combat and a lot of puzzles in the game plays off that, you know, might have a big, you know, uh, plant kind of snapping at you. And depending on the way its head is or- oriented, mm-hmm. you'd have to slash horizontally or vertically yep. um, to take it down. Or, you know, in the first dungeon, there's uh, sometimes you'll have to get past a certain door, there'll be like a set of, of weird eyeballs in the wall that will, you notice will follow where you're pointing the sword. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you just kind of move the sword around in circles until they get dizzy and then that's yep. your, your key to get through. So there's all these great ways that they use the motion controls or the motion of the sword, even if you're using button controls now with this new version, mm-hmm. um, to, to incorporate that into the game. And, you know, I was really excited. As someone who actually really enjoyed the motion controls for the original version, I was really excited to see how the button controls would work. And you know, for those that don't know, instead of, uh, you know, when you're not using the motion controls, which of course still work here with the Joy-Con controllers, if you're using, for example, uh, the Joy-Con controllers and, and the Joy-Con grip, or if you're using a Nintendo Switch Pro controller, 
um, you know, then you're using the right stick to kind of yep. uh, mimic all those same directions with the sword, diagonal, horizontal. And, and that worked great. And I thought, you know, uh, I think since I didn't, since this, this is a new way to play the game, I just expected this is how I'm going to want to play mm-hmm. the full game. And, and for most of my time playing the game so far, that's how I've done it. But I finally did check out motion controls using the Joy-Con controllers. And wow, that feels great too. You know, I think probably even better uh, than uh, than the original version mm-hmm. with, with the motion controls with the rear remote. And I really like having the Joy-Con in different hands. Yeah. You know, and um, and just the and it's not just the whether it's motion or whether it's moving the right stick to decide how you slash the sword. It kind of works its way into all sorts of other different control functionalities, like yeah. how you move the camera and how you control your loft wing when you're flying in the yeah. sky on your your giant bird companion. So there's a all these great advantages, I think, to both styles, and, and it, it really will be up to the player to decide, you know, what what they enjoy best. But I think, personally, I might be switching back and forth every once in a while because mm-hmm. I'm really having a blast both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It, it actually, you know, t- took me back to one of the things that we, you know, I remember was really emphasized when the Nintendo Switch first came out, uh, which was, you know, you, you see somebody who's having a great experience playing on the TV, and then they grab their their console and, and, you know, their system and pull it from the TV and go out to a park or whatever. And it, you know, I've, I've played, you know, as I imagine you guys have a lot of titles in the Legend of Zelda series. Um, and I have this strong association with playing those games in front of a TV. And it really is cool to be able to take a game like this um, where you're playing on, on the TV and and then grab and, and go outside or, or just on the couch, you know, whether that's portably, you know, um, on your Nintendo Switch or your, your Switch Lite uh, or with a Pro Controller uh, or on, you know, like you were saying, on a grip. There's just a lot of different ways to interact with this game now. And that kind of fits in I think with some of the other improvements we mentioned, which put a little bit more control um, in the hands of the player and determining how do they want to experience this game. And I love that that now extends to the control options you have because you really have a lot of different ways to play uh, this game now and find, you know, the one that's right for you or like you said, Chris, you know, switch back and forth if that's if that's what you want to do. Also, yeah, I was just going to say, too, one thing that I, I discovered when using button controls is that you can still kind of tilt your pro controller uh, to, um, you know, fine-tune your aiming and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So you get, in some ways, kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, going off of, you know, just having it on Nintendo Switch, I think it's, it is really, it, it's something, like, mental for me, I mm-hmm. think. Like you said, having having previous 3D Zelda games and always associating them with a specific console. Mm-hmm. The fr- I, I play my games 90% of the time in handheld mode. So, oh, interesting. So, you know, just having it on a handheld for the first time, like a 3D Zelda, a traditional 3D Zelda game uh-huh. uh, in handheld was was really like kind of eye opening for me. Right, especially when you've played a little bit before, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and you know for Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, I, I kind of like think of it as a different era of right. Zelda. It's a different experience. So like I just always known it that way. But when you see this game, a game that you've played before potentially, and you know with all the enhancements and everything, and you see it on Nintendo Switch, it's like oh whoa. This is a really novel. I'm not supposed to be able to play experience. this in handheld. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is this is this like real? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Can I do this? Yeah. So Joe, did you play more with motion control or were you playing with button controls, button only controls mostly? 
I've mostly been playing with button controls. Oh, I've, interesting. I've tried motion controls here and there. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty used to it at this point. Um, I think there is, you know, there was a little bit of adjustment for me just mm -hmm. having played it before with motion controls, but yeah. you know, I'm having a pretty good time and it, it feels pretty natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I played mostly in uh, motion with motion controls because I really liked the way they felt. Um, and I liked having the game on my TV um, on, a, on a bigger screen. But it's, it's really cool to hear, you know, this is the first time I'm kind of hearing the way other, because, you know, this game is, has been kind of, you know, we haven't released it to everybody yet. So it's interesting to, to hear how other people have played this, kind of a small sample size we're dealing with. But <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting now just like, you know, we, we have... I'm not sure what the number count of Legend of Zelda games that we have on the system is, but it feels like now with this game, we have every type of Zelda game sure. represented on the system now. Yeah. Like we have, you know, through Nintendo Switch Online, we might have, you know, a 2D game. Mm -hmm. and we have Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, and then we have Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and then now we finally have this game, mm -hmm. um, which really feels like we're just encompassing all those different types. And it's such a, a nice wide breadth of games on the system. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Yeah, well, you know, I could talk forever and ever about this game. I know. But, uh, <laughs> I suppose we should move on. But any last thoughts from either one of you about uh, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD? Anything from you, Joe? Yeah, I'll, I'll just say, um, you know, I'm, I'm having a great time experiencing this game again. And I'm, I'm feeling the same, you know, the same kind of um, just really, like I said, it, it's a page turner, right? I'm feeling myself really pulled through the experience again. Um, so I've been playing a lot yeah. uh, in the few days that I've had the game, and it, it's just it's a really great time. And you know, I'm really excited for for people to get their hands on it, especially mm -hmm. if you haven't played it before. Yeah, I, I think that goes for me too. I mean, having spent you know the amount of time I have you know working on on you know just talking to other people in the company about this game and and playing it, um, I'm really excited for people to get their hands on it, both for those who have played it before um, on on the Wii. And to see what their thoughts are on the improvements or just revisiting a game like this after 10 years. But I'm, I'm really also wanting to hear, you know, I'm going to, I think I'm going to be talking, I have kids myself and my daughter, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was her first Legend of Zelda game that she played through all, all by herself. You know, occasionally coming to me for help, but she hasn't played this game before. And so I'm curious for, for that audience out there that, you know, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was their first big Legend of Zelda title. What do they think going, you know, going to uh, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD? So for me, it was a feeling of, of com coming home, you know, but uh, uh, but I'm really curious to hear what that that newer audience uh, has to think of this game. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and no matter what, I think everybody can agree that the music is amazing. Oh, my gosh. So we didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, there's so much to talk about this game. We didn't even wade into the fully orchestrated music which is fantastic, but yeah. Yeah, we'll have one of the, the cooler themes uh, at the very end of the episode so people can nice. check that out. And then one last thing I'll add onto the music is uh, we talked about the story. This game also has some of my favorite supporting characters. Oh, yes. Obviously, Link's great. This is my favorite iteration of, of Zelda. But then you think about Groose, who's uh, you Groose know, gang kind, of an interesting, <laughs> <laughs> kind of an interesting character, a bit of an antagonist early on. Yep. And then Girahim, who's just creepy, yep. kind of a creepy uh, primary villain. And um, and then Fi, who we talked about before, mm -hmm, I really like. Mm -hmm. So uh, just, I think there's just a lot of I, great elements of this game. I also think like seeing this game's iteration of Link and, and Zelda is really fun. Um, they, you know, that's a, kind of a fun thing that we've had with a lot of the recent uh, titles in the series, I think. But um, I think, Joe, you kind of alluded to it. They have a great relationship, having grown up as childhood friends and just seeing 
the roles they play and in, in, in this particular title um, is is really fun. Uh, I think I think again, fans of the series, you know, whether where wherever you got your start in the series, will really enjoy that. Yeah, definitely. And any any villain that can catch your sword with two fingers is uh, <laughs> is a plus in my book. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on to players' pulse. A few days ago, just for fun, like always, we posted three polls on Twitter uh, for Nintendo fans to answer. And this time, the questions were all themed around the Legend of Zelda series. And uh, we asked fans to choose the items that they would take on their own epic adventure. Mm. And the first question was, which secondary weapon would you take? And the options we gave were bombs, boomerang, and bow. So, Mm. Joe, if you had to choose one of those to take on your own adventure, which one are you grabbing? Uh, I'm going to go with the bow. And this is by process of elimination. I'm a very clumsy person, so if uh, <laughs> I did anything with uh, with bombs, I'd probably hurt myself. <laughs> Same with boomerang. Mm-hmm. So it has to be bow. Although I don't know, I mean, that might be a little bit more complicated to use. So mm-hmm. I think no matter what happens, I'd probably hurt myself in some way. Ethan, how about you? Bombs, boomerang, or bow? It's a tough call. Um, I think I'm gonna go with what I think is a little bit of the dark horse choice and say boomerang. Um, I love the the boomerangs. Like you can go grab items that are far away. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. an underappreciated utility of that item. And then, you know, depending on the enemy, you can you can stun enemies with it. Um, and it sometimes just has some surprising uses. Like it's one of those um, items in a Legend of Zelda game that you just kind of maybe maybe this will work and you try it and it does like to hit a far off switch or you know whatever it is. It, it sometimes has some surprising. Uh, effectiveness so i like the boomerang you know that that's my pick too just because it's so fun to use i love throwing it and then as it's you know hitting something hitting an enemy but then as it's coming back repositioning yourself so that another enemy gets caught in that return fire yeah and then like you said you just lay on the couch and use it to grab snacks back and forth without having to to stand up (laughs) however uh uh the uh the the fans Went with Joe's pick, bow. Oh, interesting. Uh, by a pretty sizable sixty-four percent. Whoa. And uh, bombs and bombs and boomerang were pretty much tied. Okay. Uh, behind that. Wow. Bombs are great nice. too. Don't don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if you got I a mean, cave have you ever door thrown that you need a... open? <laughs> what was that? You ever uh, you ever thrown a boomerang in real life? Has it has it ever actually come back to you? I, <laughs> I have not. Actually works for me. <laughs> I have not. No. Unfortunately. Yeah, I think I would end up hurting myself if yeah. I if I tried it in real life. Uh, All right, so the next question was, which ride would you choose? And this is a tough one. Uh, The choices were Epona, a loft wing, or the master cycle. Oh, man. And which one are you you kind of bolting out of the castle on in search for adventure? I'm going loft wing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think I'm going loft wing also. I mean, the other ones are on the ground, okay? (laughs) Yeah. I would, I would, uh, I would agree with both you guys. I mean, flying would be so much faster and more fun, in my opinion. However, Epona was the big winner here with forty-one percent. Okay. I think Epona hmm. is just, uh, you know, a, a, a beloved horse yep. from the series that fans have grown to love uh, ever since Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. So. Yeah. Uh, you can't go but wrong. yeah, Epona did great. Next was Master Cycle, mm-hmm. uh, not too far behind, and then Loftwing, not too far behind that. We'll see. We'll see so, if we if we were to do that that poll again in a couple of weeks if if Loftwing would fare any better because yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> all right so finally uh, the last question we asked was which Triforce would you pick mm. Triforce of Courage Triforce of Power or Triforce of Wisdom mm. I'm Go gonna for say anything. for myself 
I'm going to say for myself, I, I, I picked Triforce of Wisdom. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, you know, maybe it could give me a little bit of good luck in solving uh, puzzles. <laughs> I'm going to go, uh, hopefully this doesn't reflect poorly on me, but I'll go Triforce <laughs> of Power. Heck yeah. And mainly because, yeah, Ganondorf's my favorite character, and I use him in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh, nice. You know, he's one of the best villains, so mm-hmm. got to go with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, the dark side. Yeah. It's yeah. a tough call. It's a tough call for this one too. I, I'll go uh, Triforce of Wisdom myself as well. I love learning new things. I love doing deep dives into subjects that I've you know gotten interested in, and and uh, and knowledge is power. So maybe maybe I could you know get two birds with one stone there. I don't know. That's just being, <laughs> being cheesy, but. <laughs> Well, you know what? This was the closest category. All three options got in the 30% range. Oh, wow. Uh, but eking out the win here was Triforce of Wisdom mm. at 37%. Uh, you guys chose right. <laughs> uh, well, you know, when it comes to the Triforce, uh, you know, you, you really can't go wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So uh, the next uh, section is Nintendo Power Game Club. And this is the section where we talk about, uh, you know, a game. We all pick a game beforehand and play it and then discuss it, kind of like a book club. And this time we picked a game called Blossom Tales, The Sleeping King from Castle Pixel and FDG Entertainment. Now, this game actually came out a few years ago in 2017 and had a great response. But I thought even more people should probably know about it, especially fans of The Legend of Zelda. Uh, Because the developer has talked about how the game is similar to The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past for Super NES, which is one of my personal all-time favorite games. So before we dig in, I was just going to give a very brief description of the game from its page at Nintendo.com. And here's what it says. Explore a vast open game world in classic action-adventure fashion as Lily, Knight of the Rose. Slash your way through monster-infested dungeons to save the Kingdom of Blossom from eternal darkness. Collect unique weapons, spells, and items during your journey to take down powerful bosses and solve clever puzzles. Be a part of vivid, dynamic story Sorry, be part of a vivid dynamic story passed down from grandfather to grandchildren by influencing the course of events yourself. So, Joe, let's start with you. What was your first impression of this game? Yeah, you know, this is a really cool game. Um, Immediately reminded of Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, like you mentioned. And, you know, the the core gameplay is is, um, very much inspired by that. But, uh, you know, what I really appreciate about about this one is um, kind of the overall kind of story framing. is essentially someone else is telling the story to their grandkids. Um, and that really allows for some really interesting things that are done with the narrative and kind of the structure of the game um, mm-hmm. that you don't expect. So there are sometimes when you might enter an area, um, you know, as as this character is retelling the story, um, one of the kids might ask what, well, what enemies were there or like, you know, what made something to make it a little bit more interesting. And then they're mm-hmm. able to spice up the story and you can actually choose um, which enemies were there uh, in in that uh, specific scenario? So, yeah. I, I really appreciate those kind of things. That you know, you know, I, you know, for games like um, like Blossom Tales, what I always find really you know fascinating is the really the fine balance between um, you know kind of that core gameplay that's very much inspired by um, you know another franchise, but then also finding ways to kind of innovate on mm-hmm. that and and look for new areas to really change it up and surprise you. And um, I think this is a game that definitely does that. Mm-hmm. Definitely, Ethan. What were your first thoughts? Yeah, I, I have to agree that um, I, I, like Joe said, I really like the frame story dynamic of this grandfather telling a story to his children. You know, it made me remember things like a Princess Bride or or something like that. Um, 
and and at that at you know at key story moments you know you'll see what's happening in the game but the the you'll get some text overlaid on the screen of the grandpa reading the story to his grandchildren and them piping in and um I loved Joe the first time that happened to me too where it was like you know and then the hero arrived you know at at this village and and what was it that happened there you know or you know and and you as the player then get an option to say you know uh, from a couple choices you know what happened next um and that that's really cool and that's something that wasn't present in um, you know, Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. Uh, but I also, as a fa- as a big fan of of that game, I loved seeing. There were a lot of really great homage elements um, from the perspective, the top down perspective, to you know the the sixteen uh, bit style graphics. Um, even you know the sword play that you have um, as a character, some of the items you see, the fact that you're collecting pieces of heart. There are a lot of things that are there that are, I think, little bits of love directed at uh, the Legend of Zelda series. But like you said, Joe, um, it's not. It it goes far beyond that, I think, and and really kind of takes that as a template and then runs off with it. So I loved as a fan of of RPG games, like. You know, somebody who likes lots of story elements or likes to hear from NPCs and get information about where to go next. There's a lot of text in this game if you want to, you know, engage with it. So I loved talking to the different town characters or the soldiers around the castle. And, you know, at some point I talked to one character more than once. And I was shocked to see that you could talk to this character over and over again and they would say different things each time as opposed to, you know, for, you know, those of us who have played games like this a long time, you're used to a character having one line of text that they will say from now until eternity, no matter how many times you talk to them. And um, they had done, that, that was a cool thing that they had done, just little innovations like that. And, and you know, um, the world seems very uh, colorful, diverse, you know, there's lots of neat areas to explore and really expansive. So once I got turned loose in the overworld and had control of my own, it was like, whoa, this place is huge. And and it's very dense. Like there's a lot to do on each screen, um, you know, and, and a lot to interact with. So this is one I'm really looking forward to putting more time into. Um, and I definitely will because I'm, like you said, Chris, I'm a big fan of uh, The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past and games like that. So... Yeah, definitely, and and I've um, I'm right at the end of the game. I haven't quite beaten it yet, oh, nice. but and I've I've kind of you know for whatever reason I think another game must have come out that that stole my attention away. Mm-hmm. I'd gotten really far in the game and was really enjoying it quite a while ago, and so I was looking at this as an opportunity to go back and kind of reconnect with it and try to finish <laughs> it up. And I'm definitely going to do that after we record here. But you know, you mentioned I think you both mentioned kind of the that how charming it is the framing of the story with the, mm-hmm. the grandfather telling this, the game as a story to his grandchildren. And it, and uh, one of the grandchildren, Lily, is actually the star of the game. Yep. That's who you play as. And and that kind of charm and that kind of, um, you know, slight bit of humor carries through uh, the rest of the game. Like you talked about talking to so many NPCs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some that are just silly and fun. There's this one guy who's doing research on zombies. And <laughs> he, if, you can, if you can bring him back, I think, 20 zombie brains, mm-hmm. then it gets you a piece of heart or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. And so uh, there's all these great little side challenges. And whenever you're talking to people in towns, and there's several towns in the game, so you're going through snowy mountains, caves, mm-hmm. forests, you know, all the, you know, swamplands, the kind of usual adventuring places. But there's a lot of great uh, visual variety. And, and with each area comes different little, you know, side quests and challenges and people that you get to meet, towns you get to explore. So yeah, there's a lot there. And there's a lot of like very traditional type dungeons as well, where 
you know, you're you're taking the items that you have, some of them very familiar to fans yeah. of The Legend of Zelda, yeah. like boomerangs, bombs, your shield, uh, a shovel, you know, bow and arrow. And, uh, but then a lot of stuff that is, that is new too. And, you know, I liked even with some of the more classic kind of items, the ability to, if you find, you know, the right people to do this and complete the right requirements to kind of upgrade your, your weapons, oh, which weapon cool. kind of has an upgraded version. Yeah, yeah. So you can get like bombs plus yeah. or bow uh -huh. plus. And, um, and, and then, you know, going back out and having that extra little bit of advantage when you're in the dungeons and you're solving puzzles and fighting bosses and, and doing all that great stuff. Um, and, but speaking of kind of more modern improvements as well, um, you know, you, you have a very big overworld, but, you know, unlike maybe, uh, you know, some of the earlier Legend of Zelda games, you have warp points. Yes. So they're pretty yeah. generous with those. You can yeah, skip yeah. around the, the world. Yeah, I um, love that. Of course, the game, yeah, despite the kind of Super NES, slightly enhanced Super NES level of graphics, um, you know, it's in widescreen. Uh, there's some mm -hmm. nice rumble features. There's uh, you know, the game auto saves. There's a lot of, uh, you know, so while you're getting that kind of nostalgic classic experience, you're getting a lot of those, you know, kind of modern quality of life improvements yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I, I also really loved the way it moved. I mean, it's really snappy. Like the character moves around the screen really quickly. Um, so if you're somebody who's into, you know, uh, the gameplay element, I think I think you'll really enjoy this. And I, I got the impression, and Chris, maybe you can confirm or deny this, but I got the impression that once you had more tools at your disposal, that you could, you know, probably kind of just become a a pretty a pretty swift uh, enemy defeating machine. Um, uh, you know, I was thinking, I didn't I didn't play Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past alongside it, but it felt like you're moving a little quicker. Than than Link did in that game, and and um, I just you know I think for people who like uh, that more you know on the go kind of run run and hack and slash kind of uh, you know action uh, will really appreciate uh, this game, and and I thought of that as kind of another more of a uh, upgrade you, you're used to in modern games. You expect maybe a little more speed uh, out of them. Um, so I don't know how that develops as the game goes on, but I'm excited to find out. Yeah, I think there's there's just a great fluidity to the motion yeah. of the character. You know, as you're kind of moving them all around the the world in that top down view with the uh, control stick, it, it just feels really great and fluid and snappy. Mm -hmm. And you know, I did just get an item uh, playing last night that uh, does give you a burst of speed, so oh, you cool. can kind of tag that on. And mm -hmm. then you know, there are parts where you're just fighting hordes of enemies, like you know, when you're going through the mountains and the zombies are coming after you. <laughs> and you know, it's I say zombies, they're like very cartoony and almost right. cute in a way, but. But you know, you'll just throw that boomerang off, and then while it's cutting down like a whole row of zombies, and then coming back and cutting down a whole other row, I'm turning around and kind of using yeah. my sword to slash enemies, maybe even throwing a bomb. And uh, that sounds and then, awesome. Uh, you kind of get that all going at once, yeah, and you start to feel pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and um, so yeah, so there's a lot there that you can kind of build on and uh, and kind of get used to, and it can be challenging at, at points. So mm -hmm. it, it helps to get those improved versions of the weapons, and then really kind of figure out how to use them well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. One thing I noticed is the the game's not afraid to throw a lot of enemies at you. Yeah. Um, and I actually found it pretty challenging, mm -hmm. not just in the combat, but uh, I, I found some of the puzzles to be really quite qu clever too. Um, there was uh, one in particular where you just had to memorize kind of these these stones that you had to hit. Uh, in a certain order. And uh, I was surprised at how long it went. I, I really had my memory tested. I, I had a hard time just trying to memorize all of them. So, and I also somebody was talking to me at the same time. So my, that might've hurt me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, it can be tricky. Oh, but one thing I was going to say too, I, I got a little lost for a while. You know, I had, again, I had put the game down for quite a while before I came back to it. But then as I was refreshing my memory on how to play it, I remembered that, um, you know, the game, if you go to the pause menu, it has a log. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and also when, when you reload your save, the grandfather again tells you where you were at in the story and where you were headed. Yeah, that's so, that's um, really nice. It was easy. Yeah, it was easy for me yeah. to kind of remind myself. Oh, I need to go north. I'm trying to find a dungeon to the north, and yeah, and uh, I was back it, back in the swing. Of it's it. cute. It like fits the narrative too of like you know what mm-hmm. you would do if you were reading a book you'd been away from for a little while. Now where were we? You know, let's let's remind yeah. <laughs> ourselves of our tale here. So they do a good job, I think, of of weaving that that frame story into the game. Um, and, and yeah, that's a great reminder that Lily is one of the grandkids and the hero of, of the game. So this is another one I think I'm, you know, I'm going to uh, introduce to my daughters uh, after having checked it out. So I think I think they'll enjoy it. Yeah, I think so. Well, just to close things off, I do want to mention, uh, you know, in addition to the big overworld and it's got five dungeons. And, and again, I've been playing this for quite a while off and on and getting a lot of, of, of fun out of it. And uh, as of right now, it's only $14.99 in Nintendo eShop, and mm-hmm. there's even a free demo. So I think anyone listening who, if you've liked uh, the Legend of Zelda games in the past mm-hmm. at all, um, do yourself a favor and get this free demo. Yeah, check definitely it out. check the demo out. Yeah. It's, it's worth it. it for sure. Cool. Yeah. Next up, we have Warp Zone. And this is the quiz where we... Uh, we uh, Normally, I would ask you guys questions relating to games that came out 10, 20, or 30 years ago. This time we're changing up the usual rules, and you're gonna to have to guess three spin-off games Uh-oh. from the Legend of Zelda series. Curveball. Yep. Ooh. So you guys ready? All right. Okay. Cool. All right. So Do this it. game actually came out um, just two years ago in June of 2019. And okay. the clues are: in this unique collaboration for Nintendo Switch, you choose to play as Link or Princess Zelda to explore a randomly generated overworld and dungeons while facing baddies like Lynels and Hyrulean soldiers and battling them to the beat. Any guesses? Let's say it at the Go same time, it. Joe. <laughs> I think right. you, Cadence I, well, of Hyrule. It's got a long name. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'll just shorten it to Cadence of Hyrule, and then I'll turn it over yeah. to you to say the full official name. It is Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring The Legend of Zelda. Very well done. <laughs> yeah, Thank Nintendo you. collaborated with Brace Yourself Games on that one. Yeah, no, that's oh, a great it's, game. I'm, I was so happy, and I kind of disbelieved me, like, what? Like, when I found out that we were yeah. going to get to do that. Um, yeah, it was such a cool a cool take uh, on, on The Legend of Zelda series. So, Yeah, yeah, I still listen to it regularly, so yep. it's, uh, it's great. Uh, Great work music, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right, so this game came out almost seven years ago in September of 2014. Okay. And the clues are this action-packed Wii U adventure came to Nintendo 3DS and Nintendo Switch as well, bringing with it the largest assortment of playable characters that had ever been seen in a Legend of Zelda game, which came in handy when facing armies of enemies. Any mm-hmm. guesses? Uh, you go. You I go, guess Joe. I could take it. Um, yeah. This is the first Hyrule Warriors. That's right. Absolutely that, developed it, by Koei Tecmo. Is it the Legend of Zelda Hyrule Warriors? Is that? I think it's just Hyrule. It's Warriors. It's just Hyrule yeah. Warriors. Okay, cool. We don't get mm-hmm. the Legend of Zelda on there this time. Yeah, okay. later yeah. versions of the game came to Nintendo 3DS as Hyrule Warriors Legends, yep, yep, yep. and to Nintendo Switch as Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. It's always good and for me course, to have these reviews of our like official titles, <laughs> where, the, <laughs> yeah. where the colons are, where the hyphens are. Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. Uh, there's quite a bit of uh, Skyward Sword content in that yeah. game. So, That's yeah. a good point. 
It's a it's a great yeah. one. And then, of course, the sequel, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, mm -hmm. uh, came out also for Nintendo Switch. And the first wave of DLC for that game just came out last mm -hmm. month. So, cool series. Now, this last one is almost 14 years ago. This is November of 2007. Whoa. And the clues are, this unique spin-off game combined the Wii Remote and Nunchuck controllers with the Wii Zapper. Oh, boy. And traded the series' traditional puzzle solving for quick reflexes and sharpshooting in areas taken from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess with action that was more reminiscent of Duck Hunt than The Legend of Zelda. Any guesses? Link's crossbow training. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know if The Legend of Zelda is in there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just Link's crossbow training. Uh, this nice. game actually was bundled with the Wii Zapper. Right. And uh, and that was pretty fun. I, got, I should bust that yeah. one out again. I remember I had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah. No, it is really fun, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So as usual, we have an audio bonus question. So I'm going to play a sound. I'm going to play it twice. So oh, please, boy. if you know the answer, hold it. Uh, and let's give people two times to, to guess it. And uh, I'm going to play okay. the sound right now. And again. All right. Any guesses? So what kind of answer are you looking for here? So yeah. if you can just guess, just tell me in general what that sound is from. Mm -hmm. And also if you, as a secondary kind of challenge, the exact game it's from. Ah. Oh, well, it's the, the item sound. Uh, but I don't know which, which Legend of Zelda game it's from. I'm guessing. Go ahead, Ethan. I was going to. So I associate that with discovering a secret in the original Legend of Zelda for oh, the sorry, NES. Oh, sorry, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, but, but... Exactly right. But, they, but you've used it, like, there. it's been used so much throughout the series that there are... I could see times when it would be used when you found an item or, like, a hidden item or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, this, that is... that. There has been different versions of that tune played in different uh, Legend of Zelda games. But, yeah, that specific one came from the original NES Legend of Zelda title, When You Discover a Secret. Mm. So... Great job! Yeah, I have I have this yeah. image so in my head of like <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of sound effects in this series, Joe. Yeah, but I, I have this image in my head of like pushing a block, and the block mm. moves, and then and then you get that sound effect. Yeah, wow. yeah, or or just uh, putting a bomb at a random wall, and it just happens to right. to find mm -hmm. a cave. Yeah, yeah, and and as an added bonus, I also now feel really old. Yeah, so <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's been around for a while. All right, now we're going to move on to game forecast. You know, this is uh, we are, where we always take a quick look at some of the Nintendo Switch games that were either released very recently or are coming soon. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to run through the list here. On July 8th, we have Boomerang X from Devolver Digital and Songs for a Hero Definitive Edition from Dumativa. Okay. And then on July 9th, we have Monster Store Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin from Capcom. Yeah, I'm excited on July about that. One. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On July 13th, Curved Space from Maximum Games and on July 16th, course, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD from Nintendo. Mm -hmm. On July 20th, we have Chris Tales from Modus Games and Dreams Incorporated. On July 22nd, we have Last Stop from Variable State and Annapurna Interactive. On July 27th, we have Neo The World Ends With You from Square Enix and The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles from Capcom and Samurai Warriors 5 from Koei Tecmo America. On July 29th, we have um, B.Arc. I'm th guessing you pronounce that as Bark from TikTok Games. And Blaster Master 03 from NT Creates. On August 5th, we have Dreamscaper from Afterburner. On August 24th, it's King's Bounty 2 from 1C Entertainment and Coke Media. 
on August 27th, No More Heroes 3 from Grasshopper Manufacturer. And finally, on August 23rd, we have Kiwi from Stone Wheat and Sons and Sold Out. So guys, is there yeah. anything on this very long list that mm-hmm. you're especially looking forward to? Well, I, I interrupted you somewhat rudely there in the middle of the list, but um, <laughs> I, I am. I haven't gotten around to playing yet Monster Hunter Stories 2, uh, but that is one that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. I got the opportunity to participate in when we did the Treehouse Live uh, segment for that. Um, I got to sit in on that and was able to play the demo of that game, but haven't been able to, to go back to the full game yet, but I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot on that list. Um... I mean, there's there's a lot of sequels that I think uh, you know a lot of people never expected would happen or are mm-hmm. just have been long anticipated. So, uh, Neo: The World Ends with You, that's mm-hmm. one I know is very very important to a lot of Nintendo fans, myself included. So I'm excited about yeah. that. And then um, I didn't realize we were going all the way into August, but No More Heroes three at the end of that month. That's another one too. Mm-hmm. We didn't know it was coming uh, for a long time, and then now it's finally happening. So yeah. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. No More Heroes 3, I agree. I love that series. been waiting for that one for a long time. And I also wanted to, to mention Blaster Master Zero 3. Strangely enough, I have the, a real strong nostalgic fondness for the original yeah. uh, Blaster Master game on the NES. But for whatever reason, I've only kind of dabbled in Blaster Master Zero 1 and 2, which mm-hmm. I own. And I keep meaning to play play them through. So I think now that this one's coming out, maybe yeah. that will finally be kind of my incentive to play through the original, play through the whole trilogy, you know? Yeah, I've been really so happy that should be a lot of fun. to see what Indie Creates has done with Blaster Master as a property. Like, that's been, you know, one that's very near and dear to me from my childhood and had great music on that NES game. Um, and it's so cool that after a long time kind of being dormant that that series has gotten um, a lot of activity uh, in recent years and some cool additions to the stories and, you know, some more characters to, to dig into, so... Yeah, I was like, well, I didn't realize we were up to to zero three already with that, but that's that's cool. Yeah, anytime you have um, a, a modern new game with all the kind of uh, you know um, great things you expect from modern gaming, but you still have the classic kind of pixel yeah. art, and and something I've always loved about this series since the NES is you know it has kind of that gameplay similar to Metroid, where it's you know this big interconnected world, but in this one, it's you control this tiny little guy mm-hmm. who pilots um, this vehicle around and the vehicle is what really gets the abilities and and yep. is able to traverse kind of the, the maze-like world. But then there are parts where as the little character, you pop out yep. and, you know, have to exit the vehicle and go into caves and explore on your own. And uh, I always like that dual kind of gameplay. So I really don't know why I haven't, um, you know, spent more time with the first two games already, but the third one coming out reminds me that I, I need to get on that right away. <laughs> Backlogs are problems that we, we all share, Chris. There's no shame in that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good problem to have. Too many good games. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, Ethan and Joe, thanks again so much for coming on the show. It's been a blast. Yeah. It's been super fun to to be back. And uh, I'm really excited for, you know, just to see what people have to say about uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD when that comes out. Um, And I I can't believe we're we're finally almost here. It's it's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Same here. Yeah. Thanks for for having us, Chris. Uh, It was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I'm really excited for, just like Ethan said, excited for people to to play Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword. I, I think, um, you know, this is this is one that um, I think a lot of people can't miss. So, um, mm-hmm. if you haven't played it before, um, I'm really excited for you, and I, I hope you have a great time. Yeah, cool. And and I definitely want to hear more from you guys as we continue our adventures through both the Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword HD and Blossom Tales. 
you know, we'll have to stay in touch and see what see what uh, see how it goes for yeah, you guys. I may I may be reaching out for some help with that one if it gets too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I could do. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. See you later. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening and keep playing with power.